When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. In this one, it's some of my final thoughts ahead of the game week 11 deadline. So we're going to go through the latest press conference information, injury updates, answer some of your questions and quickly go through my team as well. If you enjoyed the video, make sure to give it a like, hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already and let's jump into it. Let's start with the latest injury news and we'll begin with Arsenal. So Mikel Arteta was asked today about both Odegaard and Jesus. On Odegaard, he said he had a little hip issue he felt a lot better in the last few days. He will train today, and if he is fine, he will be ready. Now, he missed game week 10 against Sheffield United at home. I think he was on the bench, but just didn't come on at all. He was also benched against West Ham in the Carabao Cup midweek. He did come off the bench in that game. I think it'd be really surprising if he misses Newcastle away. I don't think he's been dropped or anything like that. So I think he'll be back in the team, and then it's Burnley at home in game week 12. Now, longer term with Odegaard. I do have slight worries. I think his underlying numbers have been really poor so far this season. And with so many good midfield options, I'm not sure how long you can uh, hold him for. But for the next two games, I think he's perfectly fine to not use a transfer on, essentially. Mostly because of that Burnley game in game week 12. Like Newcastle away is not great. But if you look at the alternative options this week, I don't think many people want to bring in Fernandes and Rashford. I think you've got someone like Foden against Bournemouth, which is good. But the three fixtures afterwards are a little bit more difficult. You could move to Saka, but obviously it's the same two fixtures. Liverpool midfielder, probably not. And then you've got someone like James Madison against Chelsea at home. I mean, I'd rather have Madison and Odegaard this week, but as a combination over the next couple, I think Odegaard is fine. So unless you've got two free transfers and nothing to use them on, I think if you're an Odegaard owner, you probably just keep hold of him for now. With Jesus, we spoke about this yesterday, how there's a bit of noise going around that he might be out until December, so that might give Nketiah four to five uh, matches. Artessa said he can't guarantee Gabriel Jesus will return straight after this month's international break. And the quote is, I said that it will be weeks, but very difficult to put a time frame on it. I've just got a feeling that Nketiah is going to get at least four to five games. And because the December fixtures for Arsenal are on the 2nd and the 5th, I think that's quite likely. I mean, there is obviously a chance that doesn't happen. Maybe he's back right at the start of December fit and ready to play, in which case you might only get three games out of Nketiah. But I just don't think it sounds great. And plus, Jesus in the past has come back a little bit slower than maybe some other players would. And I'm not sure they're going to want to rush him. You don't want to lose him for even longer, right? So, I don't know. I, I just think that as a short-term pick, and Ketia looks pretty good. But I still stick with what I said yesterday. It's Newcastle away this week. Lots of people are on a 3-5-2. Haaland, Watkins, Alvarez... Nunez, etc. None of them need to be sold this week. So for me, Inketia is most for most people an issue to deal with next week instead. All right, there's a couple of Crystal Palace updates. So Roy Hodgson confirmed that Eze has been in full training and will have been for two weeks by the time that Palace face Everton. Now, I've not seen this press conference, so I don't get the context around that. But Everton isn't until game week 12. So I'm not sure why he didn't just say that he's been in training for a week ahead of Burnley. But either way, that's a good sign. I got way more questions than I anticipated about Eze and whether or not he's an option because of how good Crystal Palace's fixtures are. I think it looks very likely he's going to be in the squad for Burnley. I think that's a guarantee. 
It's just whether or not he starts. And I don't think you can guarantee that. It could be that he's on the bench and comes on. I think that Eze is super important to Palace. So I think if he is available and fit enough to start, then he will. I just can't guarantee you that. So I would preferably put that decision off for another week. In terms of the fixtures they've got, this week it's Burnley away. Everton at home before the international break. Luton away afterwards. Uh, it's West Ham away in 14. And I think even after that, there's a couple of good fixtures. You've got Bournemouth at home in 15. Then it gets a bit tricky. You've got Liverpool at home, City away, Brighton at home, Chelsea away. So, I don't know. I guess if you really want to get on Eze, it would be nice to have him this week because it's Burnley away. But I think even if you waited until game week 12, you've got four decent game weeks there. And then maybe you can look to move him on to someone else. I just don't know whether I think he's a better option than, I don't know, like a Matoma this week, for example, that you know is fit. And I know there's obviously some minutes concerns about him around Europa League. But he's decent. In Burmo as well, fully fit, 90 minutes, penalties. I guess you can apply a lot of that to Eze. I don't think anyone else is going to take penalties like Edward or someone like that. Uh, Jordan AU, I don't know. But um, yeah, I think he's a good option when he's fit. And he has come down to 6.1 million. But I don't know if I would buy him this week, to be honest. The other news is Tyrick Mitchell has trained all week, having been taken off in last Friday's defeat by Tottenham uh, with a quad issue. So Mitchell should be back which I guess if you're looking for a Crystal Palace defender or you own one like me, that's a good sign. I think he is part of their best back four. There is a question that came up as well a couple of times that if you're buying a Crystal Palace defender, and I've mentioned that I probably wouldn't pay $5 million for Yoki Manderson, I'd rather go for Gay. he's actually risen in price to 4.6. So Mitchell is now probably the one to go for at 4.5. I don't think there's a huge amount between Gay and Mitchell. So if you think that 0.1 could come in handy then I pr probably would just go for the cheapest option. I guess if we're being completely risk-free, he did pick up a slight injury last week. So there is, I guess, even if it's a minimal chance, that he might miss the game, whereas Gay should be fine. But from what Hodgson has said, I'm sure Mitchell is going to start. So yeah, if you want to save some money, him at 4.5 looks pretty good. Uh, just on Elise, he's also been training, uh, but obviously due to a hamstring injury, he's not featured yet. Don't know when he's going to be back, but he's probably not a big concern for FPL managers, I would say, right now. So as you might imagine, Jurgen Klopp was asked about Luis Diaz in today's press conference. And I was a little bit surprised to hear that he's already back in training, given everything that's going on. And this is what Klopp said. We will see how he is and then go from there. If he feels right, he will be with us. You can see he didn't sleep a lot. The news from Colombia gives us a bit of hope. It's up to him if he makes himself available or not. So there's no pressure on Diaz to play from Klopp or Liverpool, as you would expect. And the main thing here is that his parents have just returned to safety. That's what everybody wants. In the grand scheme of things, FPL just doesn't matter. I think his mum has already been returned. They're just waiting uh, for his dad to be released as well. So fingers crossed that happens soon. From an FPL point of view, and I know it does feel a bit weird talking about this, given the situation. But because Klopp was asked about it, I'll talk about it from an FPL point of view. I think it would be unlikely if he started against Luton. You just don't know what kind of frame of mind he's going to be in. As Klopp said, he hasn't slept a lot. But the fact that he's back in training, I guess, is a bit of an encouraging sign. But if he doesn't start against Luton, you've got, then got Brentford at home, which isn't a bad fixture, but it's not as good. And then it's Man City away. So if you've got a spare transfer, you could look to possibly uh, move, him, uh, move him on, even though he probably was one of your big differentials. And there's so many midfield options out there that we talked about a lot this week. You know, you just take your pick depending on what kind of budget you want to spend. If you want to go around the 6.5 million mark you've got in Burma, you could go up to a Madison or a Saka, whoever it might be. But I do think if you've got the spare transfer, I probably would look to sell him. I guess my 
my bet would be that he gets benched just because of everything's gone on. But like Klopp said, he might decide that he's available. Klopp might decide he's fit enough to start. And maybe he just wants to take his mind off it by getting on a football pitch for an hour and a half. So I, I really don't know what's going to happen. I guess because it's a Saturday deadline, you could wait for a bit more news before you make any decisions. But Liverpool aren't playing until half four UK time on Sunday. So it's not like you're going to get a team leak or anything like that before the game week 11 deadline. You're really just hoping for some news that comes out Friday night or something like that. But I don't know. I think we've got to probably assume that he's benched probably back for Brentford if everything goes well I just don't know I think he's probably okay to get rid of so just a quick update about Pedro Neto because I did talk about possible replacements for him in yesterday's game week preview video so Gary O'Neill said in his press conference Neto is out for a few weeks no timeline but definitely not back before the international break so the international break is between game weeks 12 and 13 so he's definitely missing Sheffield United away in Spurs at home and possibly more after that as well so for most people that's going to mean that he's a sell. I think in and around his price, Huang is probably the best option. You could look at Anthony Gordon at Newcastle as well. And I definitely wouldn't rule out going for a cheaper player like a Dingra or Palmer at 5 million to enable funds to be spent elsewhere. And if you have to play those two players every week, it's not the end of the world if the rest of the squad is looking good as well. So they're the replacements I would look at. If you're in a position where you've got a good bench and you can play 3-4-3 or maybe 4-4-2 this week, you're not quite sure who to replace Neto with. You could just bench him. Obviously, the potential issue there is he might drop in price again, so you might lose a bit of team value. But if you're not sure who you want to go for and the rest of your squad is well set up, you don't have to sell him this week. That particularly applies if you need to fund a move for someone more expensive. Let's say you don't want to stick to that price point. You want to go for a Matoma, Diaby, Bowen, whoever it might be. Then you could bench him and then next week with two free transfers look to downgrade someone to upgrade Neto. Obviously, it's going to be down to everyone individually, uh, you know, depending on how their team is set up. But that is something you could do as well. But for most people, you're probably looking at selling. I think Gordon, Huang, I almost forgot the names then. Uh, I have forgotten the names. Palmer and Adinga are probably the top four. But there's loads of options around that price if you want to go a bit different. So just on Destiny Udoggy, Paul O'Keefe did tweet about his injury yesterday and he usually has pretty good information about Spurs. So this is what he said. I'm told Destiny Udoggy's injury problem is ankle ligaments. He's eight days in. At best, it's normally two weeks recovery for minor issues. Monday's in the balance, obviously. So that is when Spurs play Chelsea. It's the Monday night game. Uh, Ange stated he's 50-50. I think I saw a tweet where Postacoglu said they're going to assess him before the game. So the good news is... A bit like before game week 10, he hasn't been completely ruled out, but he's also not been past fit yet, which is a little bit of a problem. And unfortunately, I don't know if we're going to get any more information ahead of the deadline. So we're probably going to have to go off what we already have. Now, in terms of whether it's a minor or a major issue, the fact that he wasn't ruled out of the last game and he still hasn't been ruled out of this one probably says that it's minor. Paul tweeted this on Thursday and said he's eight days in. The game is on Monday, so that would be the 12th day. And at best, it's normally two weeks recovery time, which is obviously 14 days. So it is going to be close about whether or not he makes it. I think for FPL purposes, if you are struggling to put out three defenders this week, I think you can sell him. The next four games for Spurs are Chelsea at home, Wolves away, Villa at home, Man City away. I don't see a huge amount of clean sheets there. And even after game week 14, it's West Ham at home and Newcastle at home. Can Spurs get a couple of clean sheets over the next six? I think it's possible... 
But I don't think there's a huge chance of like three, four, or even five clean sheets or something like that. I guess most teams don't get five clean sheets in six, but you kind of get what I'm saying. The fixtures on paper are not ideal. Some of you might have got Udogi for 4.5 and don't want to lose the value, but he's already dropped in price. If he doesn't make this game, he might drop in price again. And ultimately, when Spurs fixtures get good, I think Poro is the defender you'd prefer to have anyway because he's a little bit more attacking. It doesn't make Udogi bad when he does play still a good option and a bit cheaper. But if you could pick again, if you're wild card in this week and Spurs had great fixtures and they were both fit, if you could afford it, you would go to Pari. So I just don't see it as a huge issue to get rid of him, especially if you're struggling to put out a good defense. You might as well just get the points now and worry about which Spurs defender you're going to have later on. So I think it's fine to sell him. If you're in a position where you've got a decent bench and you don't need to sell him, you don't want to make that transfer, that's fine. Just hold on to him. But I think in most cases, you can look to sell him this week. I think for people that have got benching dilemmas between him and someone else i would probably just go for that other player because there is as much as we look at it right and i'm probably thinking this too he's either going to start or he's going to miss out completely that's probably what's going to happen but there is obviously a small chance he could be on the bench and come on for a cameo so if you're looking at udogi versus a arsenal defender i completely get that chelsea at home is easier than newcastle away but you just don't have that Maybe with Gabrielle you do, but generally you don't have that risk of a cameo. So if it's Udogi versus Saliba, I'd play Saliba. If it's Udogi versus a Newcastle defender, I'd probably just play the Newcastle defender. Unless you're absolutely sure it's a start or completely missing out, that is what I would do. So sell him in a lot of cases where you're struggling with your defence. If not, I would just probably play the other player. But it's not looking great. But he hasn't been completely ruled out, which is a good thing. So I know Burnley updates probably don't affect a huge amount of people, but we're going to quickly talk about it anyway. So Vincent Company confirmed that Lyle Foster, who missed game week 10, is unlikely to feature before the international break due to illness. So he wasn't completely ruled out, but that doesn't sound great either. So he could miss Crystal Palace at home in game week 11 and Arsenal away in game week 12. Now I would expect for most people, if you've got Foster... He's probably an eighth attacker, so you can just bench him and just play your other players instead. Not a huge issue. I guess if you're on a 3-4-3 or 3-5-2, where you're having to play him every week, then you might look to get rid of him for someone else. If you haven't got a huge amount of money to spend, then Nketiah is probably one of the better options. Maybe Calvert-Lewin for less than $6 million as well. Otherwise, you're going up to like an Alvarez or a Nunez or someone like that. Uh, there was also news about Jordan Bayer. So obviously lots of £4 million defenders this season. Uh, and there is a chance that he could be back into the fold as the centre-back has returned to training. So Bayer is back in training. He might start in game week 11. I don't think that's a huge concern for most people. Maybe if you've carried him all the way through. But if you've wildcarded recently, you probably don't have him on your bench. And if you are picking a £4 million defender, I think Branthwaite, Lascelles, and probably Charlie Taylor at 3.9 anyway for Burnley is a better option. So yeah, Foster looking likely to be out until after the international break, but not guaranteed. Bayer might be back, but you're probably not going to be playing him anyway. Or own him. Alright, let's get into some of your questions. So what are your thoughts on triple captain Haaland this week for Bournemouth at home? And I find there's a bit of a pattern that happens with Haaland. If he does really well the week before a great fixture on paper, the triple captain questions come out. And my answer is always the same. If you're going to use it on Haaland in a single game week, then you want to use it when he's at home against a team like Bournemouth, Sheffield United, Burnley, Luton, maybe Fulham as well. That is the time to do it. I'm always going to want to save it for a double game week, even though ever since the chip was introduced, I've never had a huge score from it. I would still prefer to back two games 
rather than one and that's all there is to it but not only that this season Haaland could have a really good double game week and it's not that far away so if you listen to uh, Ben Credin on Twitter or James from Planet FPL they're always trying to predict blank and double game weeks and they're both pretty confident that in game week 20 when Man City are already scheduled to play Sheffield United at home their postponement from game week 18 because of the Club World Cup which is Brentford at home could go into that game week so potentially in game week 20 Harlem will have Sheffield United at home and Brentford at home now Sheffield United is as good if not slightly better than Bournemouth at home and then you've got the addition of Brentford as well I just cannot turn that down by using it in a single game week can Harlem get a hat-trick against Bournemouth this week you double those points to 34 absolutely but he can do exactly the same to Sheffield United and then you've got Brentford as well. So I just cannot turn that down. And even if it doesn't happen, there will be more double game week opportunities later. Potentially, and I was discussing this on a Twitter space last night. You can find that on my timeline. Look, maybe Haaland gets rotated and rested at some point because they've got the Club World Cup. They've got Everton away on the 27th of December. Sheffield United at home on the 30th. And I think Brentford will go in on like the 2nd or 3rd of January. So there are games in quick succession but I still go back to the point that Harden has never been rested in the Premier League apart from when he's been injured or the league was won and obviously they rotated everyone quite heavily. Harden's played every other game. So I, I just think that's too good. And also if it doesn't happen, there will be uh, postponements. I mean, there'll be plenty of other postponements, but in game week 26, I think it is because of the Carabao Cup final. If Liverpool get to that final their game against Luton at home will be postponed and that will be put somewhere else. I can't remember when Ben said it could go. It might have even been game week 25 against Brentford away. I can't remember. Either way, Luton at home is going to go into a week where there's another good fixture. So the fullback, if we get to game week 20 and Haaland triple captain is not an option or you're too afraid of rotation, would be to just put it on Salah instead. So yeah, I, I just think I haven't yet had a great triple captain from a double game week. But if you're looking at two games versus one, I think it's always simple for me. So I'm not going to use it this week. If you want to go in a single game week, this is one of the best fixtures to do it. But I think there's too many good opportunities later on in doubles. All right, another captaincy question. Who's the best captain this week if you own Haaland and Salah? And for me, these are the two standouts. Most people should be captaining one of these two players. I've got both, and I'm going to go with Haaland. And really, the way I've come to that decision is because he's at home. They've both got good fixtures. And that is how I'm choosing to split it. You could look at it and say, well, Salah's a midfielder, extra point for a goal, extra point for a clean sheet, and go for him instead. I think in terms of overall captaincy volume, more people will captain Haaland than Salah. So if you want to go a bit more differential, then Salah could be your choice. But for me, I'm just picking who I think is best, and I'm going with the fact that Haaland is home. And that is pretty much it. I was on the FPL show this morning, uh, and FPL Harry was talking about the fact that Man City have had a midweek break, which they don't get that often. So Haaland is fully rested. That could come into your thinking as well. But for me, it's the fact that he's at home and Salah isn't. And that's about it. Even when you start looking at the stats, expected goals conceded. Bournemouth, 1.93 per 90 minutes. Awful. Luton, 1.92. It couldn't be any closer. And so therefore, I'm going for the home fixture. And that is it. If you want to go for Salah, he's great too. So is Darwin Nunez worth a transfer in to switch to 3-4-3? With two free transfers, I'd be taking Madison out. And there were a couple of questions about moving Madison to Nunez, which I was a bit surprised about. Not that I think Nunez is a bad option, because he's definitely not. I just felt like most people weren't looking to move Madison on anytime soon. But let's discuss it anyway. Um, I think for free, it's definitely a consideration. 
Some people ask me about doing it for a minus four. I, I wouldn't do that, right? You can always make this move later on for free once you've got two free transfers. I think Nunez is great. I'm not sure he's so good that he's worth four points over Madison, even with the fixtures. For free, I would consider it. I think over the next five to six weeks, Nunez is probably a better option. I will say what I've said before. He's not completely nailed on. He is at risk of missing some matches. And I think there's a lot of FPL managers out there that cannot cope with that. And if you're one of those managers that's going to panic the first time he's benched, just don't buy him, right? Because that would just be an issue for you later on down the line. I think the one fixture he's probably going to miss is Man City away because it's straight after an international break. He's missed the last two games after an international break. But outside of that, if he starts Luton, Brentford, Fulham, Sheffield United and Palace, I think he's a great option over Madison. I guess the other thing to think about is... If Nunez goes wrong or you need to get rid of him, who would you move him on to? Because I feel like there's not a huge amount of forwards compared to midfielders. It's not that there's none. Like if you're on Haaland, Watkins and Nunez, you could always move to Alvarez. You could always come down to Inketia. But there are more options in midfield. So if you then have to switch back, it's another two transfers. And I guess the other thing is, you're probably only making like one change that's actually going to affect your squad anytime soon and what i mean by that is essentially you're using two transfers to move madison to nunez because the other move is likely and i don't know for sure but it's likely a cheap forward to a cheap midfielder now if that's archer to palmer that does make your overall squad a little bit better and that could be useful in the coming weeks but if it's just archer to a really cheap midfielder you're never going to want to play you are just using two moves to go from madison to nunez and that's fine if it works out but I would just think in the future, if you have to get rid of Nunez, who would you go to? And if you want to switch back, that's another two transfers. So just bear that in mind. But ultimately, if the question is, who do I think scores more points for the next five to six weeks, Nunez or Madison? I think there's a good chance it's Nunez. But with Madison, you have an absolutely nailed on player that's going to play 80 to 90 minutes most weeks. No European competitions or anything like that. And I don't think that's a big factor for Nunez because it's Europa League and I'm sure Liverpool are going to find that fairly easy, especially in the early stages. But it's just something to factor in. So, yeah, it caught me off guard a little bit because I didn't think many people were looking to take Madison out. I think you could do it with two threes. I probably wouldn't do it for a hit. So nice and simple, can a Wolves defender be a good option? And I would say with the fixtures they've got coming up, potentially, so if we just remind ourselves of what they are, it's Sheffield United away this week, it's Spurs at home in 12, Fulham away in 13, Arsenal away in 14, Burnley at home in 15, and Forest at home in 16. Now let's remember that Wolves defenders are quite cheap, so you don't have to play them every single week. Anyway, you can definitely put them on the bench for some of those harder fixtures like Spurs at home in 12, uh, Arsenal away in 14. I think their best two fixtures are probably Burnley and Forest at home, which aren't until game weeks 15 or 16. The two before that are Sheffield United and Fulham, but they're both away. Now, I've not really got a huge issue playing defenders away from home. I'm going to play Gay probably um, against Burnley away this week. But I still think preferably you want those home fixtures. So Sheffield United is probably fine. Can I see Wolves keeping a clean sheet against Spurs, Fulham or Arsenal? Not necessarily. And then you're waiting until Burnley. So if... You want a player this week to then bench for three weeks. I think you could look at Wolves. But I would be a bit sceptical about whether or not they're better than like a Simakas or even like a Crystal Palace defender because, you know, Gay's also got an away game this week. Or Mitchell, like I discussed earlier. Or even Joachim Madison if you've got money to burn. But then they've got Everton at home, Luton away. West Ham away is probably their trickiest fixture of the next five. And then it's Bournemouth at home in 15. So I just think if you got stuck in the short term you'd rather play your Palace defender rather than a Wolves one. So I'm not sure 
Like, I don't think it's a. I don't think they'd be a bad pick, but they're not really high up on my list to bring in. I think there are better defenders around that price point. It is worth noting. I heard again James from Planet FPL talk about this on one of his recent podcasts that Ain't Nuri could play or could continue for a little while playing left midfield, especially. Uh, with Pedro Neto out and we know that he's going to be out for a few weeks so that could be interesting right 4.5 million defender very attacking potential for clean sheets and some attacking returns as well like could he do better than a Simicast or a Mitchell or a Gay it's possible but I still think on paper looking at clean sheets the other two teams are better options so yeah I mean can a Wolves defender be a good option yes they're nice and cheap some got some good fixtures on paper over the next six but I still think the alternatives are slightly better considering they don't really cost that much more. So let's take a quick look at how my team is looking for game week 11. And I'm on a 3-4-3 formation, which you don't see that often at the moment. Lots of people on 3-5-2. I'm playing Ariola in goal against Brentford away and I'm benching Matt Turner. I think both of them will probably lose their clean sheet. I just think when it's a close call, I see Ariola as my main goalkeeper and Turner as the backup. So that's one of the reasons I'm going for him. But also I've got a couple of Aston Villa players and that's not a big factor in the decision, but it is a small one. So that's why I'm playing Ariola. Back three, Simicast against Luton away, Cash against Forest away, and Gay against Burnley away. I am currently still benching Charlie Taylor at home to Crystal Palace and playing Gay away to Burnley. There is part of me that thinks I've maybe got that wrong, but my gut decision was always to play Gay this week. So I don't think it's a huge problem. And I'm benching Gabriel against Newcastle away just because I think he'll concede, not because I don't think he'll start. Midfield four, Matoma against Everton away, Salah vice-captain against Luton away, Son against Chelsea at home, and then Saka against Newcastle away. Then up front, I've got Haaland, captain against Bournemouth at home, Watkins against Forest away, and then João Pedro against Everton away. Now, unfortunately, so far, De Zerbi hasn't told us any players that are going to start at the weekend. Sometimes he does that. He'll say this player is going to start. Uh, but I think given that he didn't play the last game and they've had a week off, no Europa League or anything like that, I'm fairly confident that he'll start, but still not 100%. And that is the problem with Owen and João Pedro. But I think for this week, as much as I could use my transfer to move to Enketia, I'll be bringing in a player with a worse fixture. Plus, João Pedro is on penalties when he's on the pitch. So I think it's worth keeping him for this week. I don't think there's ma many major upgrades I can make with my one free transfer. So I've just wildcarded in 10. It makes sense to roll to next week. And it could be that my move next week is just João Pedro who has Sheffield United at home, so I'm not going to want to sell him, but he's almost certainly going to play in the Europa League. I could sell him and just get in Kettering because I've got 0.6 in the bank, so I have just about enough money to do that. And I'd actually still have 0.3 left over, although if Nketiah does well again, he'll probably go up in price before I want to bring him in. And then I would be getting him in for Burnley at home, and then hopefully the fixture's all the way up to Luton before Jesus is back. And if Jesus does come back, it's not a major issue for me because I can just play 3-5-2 with Palmer instead. It's not like Inketi would have to be dealt with like immediately. I could wait a week or two if I wanted to. Um, so that's my probable move, probable move in game week 12. Um, and yeah, I, I don't think there's really too much else to discuss. The, the one other player that I want to bring in in game week 14 is in Burmo. Um, I was always earmarking doing Matoma to him. And it's getting tight on funds. If I do João Pedro to Inketia and Matoma to Burmo, I've only got 0.1 in the bank. So if Nketiah goes up, that's suddenly zero. And if Mbermi does really well this week, he could go up before game week 14, even though he's got Liverpool away and Arsenal at home afterwards. So I am, I don't know, I'm starting to worry a little bit. I mean, it might be that I just don't get Nketiah next week. That's not a guarantee. But funds are going to 
potentially become tight at some point. But I just know I'm going to want... like. In Burma could blank the next three games. I'm still buying him for Luton at home in 14, then Brighton away, Sheffield United away, and Villa at home, and then just probably benching him in game week 18, unless I decide to free hit, but we'll talk about that another week. So that's how my team is looking. I quite like it on paper. I could play Palmer instead of Jao Pedro to be sure, but I think Brighton have got the better fixture. Uh, Harlan captain, Salah vice captain. If you've enjoyed that video, make sure to give it a like. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. And uh, I'll catch you tomorrow for the deadline stream, probably starting about 9.30am, uh, an hour and a half before the deadline. I'll see you then. Sports Social Podcast Network.